you finally get a day off work to enjoy yourself. You're out in the city, having a good time, ignoring phone calls from work, asking you to come in for an extra shift, when suddenly there are loud explosions nearby. You're okay, but when you turn the corner, there are people screaming for help, and you notice several of them are bleeding. How are we going to help save lives on our day off? This is Trauma Nursing to Go. This is the start of a series on trauma's hottest topic, bleeding control. The leading cause of preventable death in trauma patients is uncontrolled bleeding. We can do something about this. Bleeding control is how we save lives of trauma victims. Today, we're going to cover that first step, external hemorrhage. This may seem small, but especially in terms of mass casualties, any amount of bleeding we can stop while we're trying to reach a hospital is life-saving. We may first think of arterial spray and someone who's exsanguinating in minutes, but even a venous bleed left unattended can be just as fatal. The first person we see calling for help is a young woman whose upper arm is bleeding and she can't reach it well. Like most people we're going to run into in this scenario, she's panicking and anxious. When you assess her arm, you see a superficial lack with maybe 25 cc's of blood loss. Maybe you happen to carry gauze on your bag on your day off, but in all likelihood, you don't. So you grab her jacket and use it to apply firm, direct pressure over her arm while she lies down and this controls the bleeding easily. Her friend says, I can hold that, and more screaming is heard nearby, so you assure that they keep holding that continuous pressure until help arrives and you move on. Easy peasy first aid help, right? Next, you hear more screaming and find a group of people around a man with a large wound around his shoulder. It's bleeding moderately with maybe 300 mLs of blood loss so far. Think of can of soda. He's holding a shirt around his shoulder and as you come to help, you rip it open so you can see the injury better. Yikes, it is deep. I think I see bone. The bleeding is coming mostly from the proximal or inner corner of the wound by his clavicle. Plain direct pressure is not going to fix this. We need to pack it. Are you wishing you carried some gauze in your bag yet? There are great products for this. Hemostatic dressings have agents in the gauze that will actually help the blood clot. Some of it's known as combat gauze or quick clot. Ideally, we would have some hemostatic dressing available to pack into this gaping deep hemorrhaging wound like this. But if nothing else, someone offers their shirt and you apologize to the man about the pain, but you start packing the wound firmly, starting from where we saw the most bleeding, to compress this large wound bed. Once it is firmly packed, we go back to holding direct, continuous pressure, and thankfully, the bleeding stops pouring onto the ground. The man's friend says, I've got this, they need your help over there, and takes over holding that firm, continuous, direct pressure. On we go to an anxious crowd surrounding a teenager who is screaming and their leg looks partially amputated just above the knee and there's a pool of blood easily over one liter. We need to act fast. Let's talk about when this recently actually happened in 2013, the Boston Marathon bombing. In minutes, the scene we are describing actually unfolded with hundreds injured 66 had extremity injuries with almost half actively exsanguinating on scene. How can EMS respond to almost 30 people bleeding to death from an extremity injury at the same time? Tourniquets. Bystander tourniquets. 
27 improvised tourniquets were applied and all of those people exsanguinating on scene lived because of the quick actions of those around them. This is why we're talking about this, why we practice this and why we want to be ready. So back to our scenario, we have a hemorrhaging teenager. Forget pressure, forget packing, we need a tourniquet and we need it fast. A tourniquet is that device that can compress the vessels in a limb and obstruct blood flow. They were out of vogue for a while because there was concerns that you would lose limbs to ischemia and everything got amputated. But really, there is no known case of that happening if the tourniquet's been on for two hours or less, which is our usual goal, and it can likely go for much longer based on what happens in the military. The optimal solution is a real bona fide commercial tourniquet that we know will be effective. But in case you don't have one of those in your bag either, you can make one. Whatever you use for a tourniquet, a real one or a makeshift one with a belt or whatever material you have on hand, make sure if possible the tourniquet goes directly on the skin. Leggings or yoga pants, fine, but bulky khakis, no. Directly on the skin, two to three inches above the hemorrhage or amputation. Use or make a rod to twist your tourniquet around until the bleeding stops. You have to secure it in some way, try to keep track of what time it went on, and then reassure a teenager that this is hurting, but it's also going to save their life. Controlling external hemorrhage is intense, as is facing any type of mass casualty scenario, but it is imperative that we understand that we could have the most amazing trauma center on the planet, but it's not going to do anyone any good if they bleed to death before they get there. There is a large public campaign and educational outreach to healthcare workers and the general public on how to do just what we describe called Stop the Bleed. It's like a CPR class on bleeding control, and I highly recommend you take it And if you're licensed as a nurse or an EMT or medic, you can teach it to people in your own community, such as at schools, clubs, and churches. This is Trauma Nursing To Go. Thank you for listening to Trauma Nursing To Go. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. As a reminder, I do not represent my employer, and the cases presented here are fictional and intended for educational purposes only. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and get updates and check out the website traumanursingtogo.com. If there's any topics, questions, or concerns you have, please contact me through the website, my email, or you can contact me on Twitter. Thanks for listening.